This is exactly right. favorite murder the mini-sode the coronavirus special no (laughs) oh no that's a different that's a different show that's this podcast will kill you that's right please buy their soaps this is where we read you back your stuff that you've written us we've gotten some really good ones oh amazing what's exciting about having a podcast is the response time where so you ask for a thing and the people are like i got you yeah here you go and that's what happened and here it is i said this year that's what happened this year (laughs) 2020 it's march of 2020 finally you guys got it together i do have one corrections corner from last week okay. mini-sode i didn't know how to pronounce the irish uh word it's crack oh is that a place or i don't know it's um i believe it's oh i don't have the email but i think it's the slang word for like booze oh or, okay like right yeah steven god damn it but anyway i said crake because that's oh, how right. it's spelled and several people tweeted and said girl it's crack but that it just changes the party story when you're it's not like you're not saying Oh, the email is from Linz, and what's the crack is kind of like what's happening or oh, what's up. Oh, what's the crack? Oh, will you just look up and see if it has anything to do with booze? Because I I always read it as it was a booze thing. But look, what I like to do That's is take fun. a correction corner and triple down on it and just keep on being wrong. And then guess the origin. Remember the thing I was wrong about? Well, mm-hmm. I'm right about how wrong I was about it. Ooh, okay. For Urban Dictionary is Irish word for fun and enjoyment that is brought uh, when mixed with alcohol and or music. Oh, oh, I was half right. Can we start using that? Yeah, I like what's it. What's the crack? Hey, what's the crack? Hey, what's the crack? Love it. And then everybody does a shot. <laughs> anyway, well, th- so thanks, Linz, mm-hmm. right? And everybody that corrected me nicely. Yeah. Do you want me to go first? Yes. Uh, the subject line of this email is that time I rode in a serial killer's van before it was seized as evidence. Oh, dear. <laughs> I wonder what this is about. <laughs> Hi, MFM team. Back in 2000, my cousins were starting an upholstery business and needed a company van to get started. They were broke 20-somethings. I love that 20-somethings are starting an upholstery oh, business. That's like so, um, what's the word? Like ambitious yes very ambitious and it's like ambitious in a business that i think is usually for 50 year olds like hillside stranglers yes exactly i was gonna say (laughs) navy veterans they were broke 20 something so the best option was to scan the nickel ads for a good deal they ended up purchasing a 1979 ford van with a tiny round window in the back they were pretty excited about it they came by to my house to show my parents parentheses my dad was a car guy and took me for a ride in it i was 13 at the time so there are things about this van that should have struck me as odd but didn't Mm. most notably stains in the back that my cousins had been told by the seller were blood from hunting okay yeah the hunting van you know how we just throw fucking deer into the back of the van yeah it's like look i'm a hunter i'm very interested in that um but i also like conversion vans (laughs) (laughs) about two weeks later the van was seized by our local sheriff's department in connection to suspected serial murders occurring in our hometown of spokane washington as it turns out the seller of the van was none other than robert lee yates jr who would soon be arrested and later convicted of killing 18 women in washington state holy shit fuck they really do have their fair share serial killers up there. Yates was very active in in the time leading up to his arrest, with bodies being discovered sometimes less than 24 hours apart. I, why don't I know this story? I don't know. I'm going to write this down. Look this one up. No, it's fine. I call, I, it. I, I, I call it. I call it. I call it. Dibs, dibs, dibs. <laughs> 
His primary dumping ground was in an undeveloped area near my friend's house. We would occasionally ride our bikes around it in hopes that we would catch the serial killer. Murderinos start young. Guys. Right? Don't don't do that. Don't do that. If you're on a bike, no one expects you to catch a serial killer. My aunt went with my cousins to purchase the van and met Yates. Fuck! She said there wasn't anything that seemed unusual about Yates and that the stains in the back didn't disturb her because she was a hunter herself. Yeah, it's Washington State. I feel like a lot of people probably are. Yeah, it's it's a family tradition for some. Sure. My cousins never got the van back. Ugh. Not that they would want it. <laughs> sure. But, but the sheriff's department did pay them most of what they had purchased it for. That's nice. Most? <laughs> we can give you 70% on this, <laughs> in this murder van. We're trying to make a deal on a murder van. Yeah. Gates, on the other hand, is now currently serving a 408-year sentence yes. in Walla Walla State Penitentiary. Moral of the story? Trust no van, <laughs> especially with one with hunting related stains. And especially if you were in Washington state, co-author credits are due to my friend Shannon, who introduced me to MFM and has really been on me about submitting this hometown. <laughs> Smiley so face, Sarah. A hundred percent. Amazing. You know what, Shannon, you were right to encourage this because that was unbelievably. Wow. I just mean, can't believe that this fucking cheap ass serial killer was like, instead of like, I don't know, lighting the van on fire or something was like no I gotta get some money for this right got, gotta get some money for it and then just like kind of send it out into the world yeah. and hope nothing happens without even like fucking steam cleaning the carp no, I'm not trying to tell anyone ugh. quick I'm not trying down. to I'm not trying to tell anyone how to serial kill no don't do it it sucks yeah no one likes it however uh, so just give it at least one uh, uh, a lightly damp rag sure wipe it down all right this is called The Woman Who Couldn't Scream. Uh-oh. Hey, all. I've had, I've had this dream. Oh, Jesus. Oh, right. Hey, all. I was 13 years old when the murder of a graduate student from the local university rocked my small town in southern New Mexico. Katie Sepich was last seen in the early morning hours of August 31st, 2003, walking home from a party. The next day, her body was found near the landfill. She was strangled, sexually assaulted, and partially burned. Oh, my God. Las Cruces is a small city with a tight-knit community, so the news of the discovery quickly spread throughout our town, driving fear and panic. It was all a blur at the time for me, and I'm sure my parents tried to shelter me from the gruesome details, but I remember seeing her story all over the news, the image of her bright, smiling face seared in my memory. It wasn't until later in my life that I learned of what actually happened to Katie. When she didn't come home the the next day, her roommate reported her missing. Authorities questioned her boyfriend after learning they'd gotten into an argument the night before. After further investigation, police discovered that she actually had come home that night because they found her shoe and what appeared to be a struggle in her bedroom. Oh, no. Her case went unsolved for three years until a partial DNA match was made with a convicted felon, Gabriel Avila, in 2006. Whoa. This fucker confessed to her murder by saying he almost ran her over with his truck as she walked home the night of her disappearance. He pulled over to make sure she was okay and wound up following her until she made it home. That's when he attacked her. He pled guilty to multiple felonies and was given a 69-year sentence. He was only 27 at the time of her murder. Bright side of the story, because of her death, New Mexico passed a law called Katie's Law, requiring anyone arrested of a violent crime to submit a DNA sample. Nice. Her parents have been pushing for this law in other states and have now expanded it to 31 of them. Whoa. It's shocking to think about this happening in the town I grew up in where we felt safe. It makes me grateful to know that Katie's death wasn't ignored and drove change within the system in New Mexico and elsewhere for good. Yeah. Stay sexy and don't let motherfuckers get away without a DNA sample. Amanda. Amanda, wow. Wow, that's 
So sad. I mean, these so all of these stories are so tragic and it's so nice when then you get to say and this family who has been whose whose lives have been ruined changed forever you know like mm-hmm. so impacted take all of that pain and make change for other people 100 so beautiful it is the subject line of this is the police questioned my grandma because she checked out the same library book as john list <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. I would fucking okay. It's the, the end. The end. <laughs> Amanda, ladies, pets, and mustaches. <laughs> Small talk sucks. I just listened to Minnesota One Sixty Four, where you asked for good old hometowns and grandma stories, and it made me think it's finally time to write you with a story that I've been sitting on for a while. But you know, doing stuff is hard. <laughs> Amen. Oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> So my dad grew up in Westfield, New Jersey, home to the number one asshole family annihilator, John List. Mm -hmm. Quick refresher. In 1971, List killed his wife, mother, and three children and left them to rot in their New Jersey mansion while he went off to start a new life before being identified 18 years later from an episode of America's Most Wanted. Mm beautiful encapsulation. Totally. So back in 1971, when the police found the bodies and started their investigation, my grandma was called into the local police station for questioning. The way she tells her story, she was pretty surprised since she'd obviously heard about the murders, but had never met John List or the family. When she got to the station, the police started asking her about her reading habits. And that's when she found out that she'd been called in because she'd checked out the same book from the local library as List. My grandma loves to read murder mysteries, (laughs) OG Murderino. And the investigators wanted her input on how the murder in the book she checked (gasps) out might have inspired John List. Fuck. Although grandma wasn't able to help the, the investigation much, I can never get over the fact that she was called in for questioning because of a library book. My grandparents and dad always say the list murders had a massive impact on their town. And I think it's kind of cool to have this bizarre connection to it. Thanks for all you do and say. My Lexapro and I love how open you are about mental health and the daily struggles of being a human. Mm. Stay sexy and always carry a library card. Yeah. Rachel. I wonder what the book was. I know. My sweet Audrina. <laughs> You know I just it. love the idea that they're kind of like, yeah, we need to check you out. And then once they're like, oh, it's a grandma, they're like, okay, what happened in this yeah, book? Yeah, but they're like, we don't want to read it. Just give us a synopsis. Yeah, just you're as, anything you're in as, there. <laughs> as good as your granddaughter is giving synopsis. <laughs> yeah, really. Then here you go. Okay, this one's called Pine Saw Saved My Grandma's Life. Greetings, friends, and Stephen's mustache. <laughs> Let's get right to it. I was having dinner with my family not that long ago when my grandma was going on about how dangerous being out on your own can be and how you should always make sure you're aware of your surroundings. Suddenly, she casually says, you can never be too careful. After all, that's how that man followed me home. Oh. My my obviously stunned expression prompted her to explain that a few years before my mom was born and when my aunt was only a toddler, so sometime in the late 60s, my grandma was working late one night as a bartender when a man she didn't know followed her home after her shift. How much do you love the idea? idea of a grandma bartender. I know she's a young woman here, but the best. I mean, the idea of that where you like you're going into a bar, it's been a long day, you've yeah. got your the troubles of the world on your shoulders, yeah. and then there's a grandma type of person that's serving your beer like, "How you doing, honey?" Yeah. I would cry. But this is a young woman, but still I I don't care. Okay. <laughs> uh, our fantasy, grandma bartender. Grandma bartender. 
The house was dark, so my grandma thinks he must have assumed she lived alone and not with her husband and small child. Not long after she had gotten into bed, she and her husband, Roy, were awoken by a man climbing through their bedroom window. This is the part of the story where I tell you that my grandma is a bit of an obsessive cleaner and had just pine sawed all the floors (laughs) before leaving her for her shift that night. Damn, girl. Roy, being startled by the grown man climbing through the window, jumped out of bed and promptly slipped head over heels on the slippery hardwood floors. Luckily, the sound of Roy falling flat on his ass scared the intruder and he fled before anything else could happen. To this day, my grandma does not know who tried to break in and is just thankful that the window to my aunt's bedroom was locked because Mm. when the police arrived to check the scene, they found her window screen laying on the ground and knew that this is where they had tried to enter first. Yes. Stay sexy and don't forget to pine saw your floors. Morgan. (laughs) Morgan, great job. Pine saw your floors and lock those windows. Lock the windows. Even second floor. It's... Might as well. Might as well. What? What's the benefit of an open window? Yeah. Unlocked window. <laughs> I mean, it's... Nothing. A, it's the middle of the day. It's summertime. Throw that thing up. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. When you put it back down, Give cl- it a click. Latch. Come on. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. 
There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. The subject line is, I work in one of Oregon's most haunted hotels. Oh, okay. Hi, gang. (laughs) I work at a spa at McMenamin's Edgefield in Troutdale, Oregon. Edgefield has been featured on several most haunted hotels in Oregon (laughs) lists, so I knew I was in store for some spooky fun things when I got a job there. I could write you an entire essay about the history of the place, but to sum it up, the grounds first existed 108 years ago as Multnomah County Poor Farm, a place to go for those who had nowhere and no one else. Hmm. Homeless, poor, sick and dying, mentally ill, etc. Eventually, it was converted to a nursing home and a home for emotionally unstable children. Oh. That's some layers. Mm. That's some layers Truly. of history there. The building is now used for the spa... <laughs> So who was like, you know what would be great? <laughs> this place is so relaxing. We've got this haunted sanitarium. <laughs> I think it needs to be a spa. Throw up some sound of <laughs> the sound of waves, some fucking wind chimes. Get that lavender going. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, the building that is now used for the spa was first a, quote, diseased women's refuge, Great. a.k.a. a women's prison for local sex workers. Oh, my God. Cut to a couple decades ago, the grounds had been abandoned for some time before being bought and restored to a hotel, spa, brewery, golf course, concert venue. <laughs> They're doing it all in Troutdale. Uh, as you can imagine, with that kind of history, the grounds are haunted as fuck. Yep. Or just a capital A, a capital F. Love it. But just say it. <laughs> Room 215 in the hotel is notoriously haunted. When the McMenamin brothers began to restore the hotel, animal bones and pentagrams were found in that room. Chill. <laughs> Super chill. That's chill. They they brought in this is uh, this is the kind of solution that like someone's drunk uncle would make up. <laughs> they brought in bagpipers to play Amazing Grace in each corner of the room <laughs> to cleanse it. It's not a thing. It is not a thing in any religion or any. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes just as much sense as like sage, like all of that crazy woo woo bullshit that like yeah. that maybe doesn't work. Bagpipes sound great. I well, I actually disagree. The bagpipes <laughs> are disturbing and they need to be played on a hill in the distance as opposed to inside <laughs> a hotel in the room corner Oh my God. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, the ghost stayed, but every living human being left the area. Okay. But, but all the joy was sucked <laughs> through the bagpipes. And blown out the roof. 
Okay, so Amazing Grace in each corner of the room to cleanse it, but people still report all kinds of things being held oh, down. Didn't work. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, all kinds of things from being held down in their sleep <gasps> to seeing old poor farm residents in their room. Room two fifteen is often booked months out. Whoa, one more fucking crazy. People love that shit. Yeah. They want to touch the other side. Yeah. One morning a few years ago, an esthetician came into the spa to find all caps a whole goddamn molar sitting on her table. What? Not just a chip tooth, an entire molar. What the fuck? Yeah, then it says like, what? <laughs> the grounds also have a cat ghost. The Aww. poor farm had a black cat named Satin that lived there. People report... Not he- Satan? Sorry. It's S-A-T-I-N. Damn it. I know. Very close, though. People report hearing a cat in their hotel rooms, feeling a cat run over them in bed at night, and seeing something small and black dart across the room out of the corner of their eye. Ghost cat. I could. (laughs) Can I just say when we go, when Vincent and I are in any hotel, no matter how shitty it is, it's like at least there's not cats waking us up all night. So we get to a fucking hotel and there's a ghost cat. Oh, my God. You're like, I paid good money to get away from cats for two days. (laughs) I could write out endless more stories about this place, but no one likes super long emails. (laughs) Hell yes. Stay sexy. And if you need a place to say the next time you come to Portland, check out Edgefield. We have ghost cats. Hell yeah. Let's Let's have a murder. Murderino like uh, family vacation there, and we'll all we'll all go, <laughs> all of us. We'll all descend upon. That's right, Troutdale. Troutdale. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, okay, this uh, just goes. It's called a hometown story. Hey, you beautiful women and Stephen. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I used to be a party girl who lived alone in an apartment in North Springfield, Missouri. Emma was Missouri, right? Uh huh. The shady part of town, next to my elderly neighbor, Bill. Bless Bill for putting up with my bullshit because I used to come home at all hours of the night drunk off my ass. Mm-hmm. One morning, I had an appointment to get to, and since my mother was aware of my party life, she called me at 8 a.m. to make sure I was awake. Oh, <laughs> nice. Still drunk and naked in bed, I made sleepy talk with her and could hear what I thought were my downstairs neighbors talking very loudly. My mom said, they're being so loud, I can hear them too. Next thing I knew, there was a knock on my bedroom door. Ooh. Holy shit, mom. Someone knocked on my bedroom door, I shrieked as I leapt from my bed, completely nude. It was the police. My first thought was, oh God, what did I do last night? My second thought was, how the fuck did the police get inside my apartment? They can do that. Yeah. Yeah. My mom kindly stayed on the phone with me while I wrapped myself in a robe and emerged from my bedroom, still drunk and highly confused. Turns out I forgot to latch the deadbolt when I returned home that morning. The cold winter air prevented my door from latching all the way and it blew open at some point. Sweet Bill called the police after he hollered for me and I didn't reply. Oh, hollered. He hollered. To this day, I thank Bill and God for not letting a murderer waltz into my apartment and kill my drunk ass. For real. Stay sexy, lock the deadbolt, and sleep with clothes on. Abby. <laughs> That's very true, Abby. That's a good point. P.S. I always catch myself wanting to share your podcast with my students. Then I have to stop and remember that they're only seven years old and I uh, teach first grade. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do oh, it. Oh, my God. Michelle, you would love uh, this Oh, my God. Podcast. Mackenzie, get over here. You have to hear all of these people Brooklyn. saying fuck six times in a row. No, Brooklyn with a Y. Not the other one. <laughs> Not Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Uh, Amazing batch. Good job, you guys. Keep sending them to My Favorite Murder at Gmail or on our website, myfavoritemurder.com. There's a, um, what's it called? Submission thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love these stories. Yeah. So good. Thank yeah. you guys so much. Uh, and stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? 